We are in Sefer Malachim Aleph, Perik Yud Aleph, Pasuk Yud Dalad. So we saw yesterday that Shlomo gets devastating news from Achia Hashiloni, the Navi, who we'll meet again later in the Perik. And that is that because of his sins and because of his terrible actions, he is going to be separated from 10 of the 12 tribes that are going to form a separate kingdom of the tribes of Israel. And he will be left and Yehuda and Binyamin. It's going to be a complete separation of uh, the kingdom. However, the Navi adds, because of the schus of David, um, his father, the Pasuk says in Yud Beis, two sentences before Yud Dalit, Ach mecha lo aseno leman David avicha miyad bincha ekra'ena. Not in your days. You are not going to have to live and see this. It's going to happen to your son, Rechavam, and it is in those days that it will be ripped from him, the Mamlacha. So now, just when you thought you've hit rock bottom, um, arises a phenomenon that we've never seen in Shlomo's 40 years of Malchus, and that is enemies. He has never had foreign enemies or domestic enemies. They have lived in total tranquility. And now, coming out of the woodwork, we're going to see um, different domestic and foreign enemies arising. So we pick it up, Yud Dalet, by Yotam Hashem Satan Shlomo es Hadar Adomi Mizera Melech Hu Be'edom. And the Kaddish Baruch Hu established an enemy for Shlomo, specifically by the name of Hadar Ha'edomi, Mizera HaMelech Hu Be'edom. He is a descendant of the king of Edom. And what happened? How did he graduate to be an enemy? By Yehibi Yosdavid as Edom Balos Yoav Sar Tzavah, Likbar es Hachalalim, by Yach Kol Zohar Be'edom. So it seems that David, under Yoav's generalship, had attacked Edom, which is a difficult concept because supposedly we can't attack Edom because of the relationship to Esau. And that Yoav had gone up there, and if you will recall this in Shmuel Aleph, Yoav completely botches the operation. He takes um, uh, six months kills 18,000 people, and he kills the men. Uh, we're going to see that it doesn't mean Edom necessarily subsumed into Edom, of course, is Amalek, which is a positive commandment to wipe them out. Yoab destroys the men, leaving the women alive, which is totally contrary to the commandment. David bails him out. What's more, Yoav leaves the bodies lying on the field, and David has to come, as it says, Lik Boris Hachalalim, by Yachol Zohar Be'edom. So Yoav does the battle, does it totally in a wrong manner. David has to come and clean up the mess for him. Interestingly enough, uh, the Mephoshim 
tell about how David gained such prestige by going there to Edom and burying the bodies of his enemies because it was an act of grace and respect. And the Navi Yechezkel says that in the end of days, in the battle of Gog and Magog, B'nai Yisrael was going to come and bury their enemies with the same kind of chesed. In any event, he spent six months in this Yoah, absolutely slaughtering, Medrash says, I think 18,000 men uh, of Amalek. By Givrach Adar, Adar is a young child at the time, but is a prince. He is the descendant of the king of Edom. He retinue gathers of his uh, father's followers and they go with him and they come to Egypt. He was a young boy at the time. On the way to Egypt, they go to Midian and then Paran. He gathers men in Paran to come El Paro Melech Mitzrayim. Paro gives him a home. He gives him bread, sustenance. He even gives him a little piece of territory to administer. Why? One, he is a king. He gathers these people to show that he's not just a refugee from Edom, but he is the crown prince. He's got a court following him, etc. Paro, remember at the time, is the father-in-law of Shlomo. And so he has an interest in keeping him there, keeping out of, uh, him away from Shlomo out of Israel, and so he treats him like a royal guest. Paro even takes a liking to him. He gives him his sister-in-law to marry. That's his wife's name. Hagdira means she was a woman of some uh, estimable status in her own right. He... Uh, the sister gives birth, a Genuvas Beno. He has a son, Adan, a named Genuvas. He is weaned and raised in the house of Pharaoh. He is raised, which is somewhat similar to Moshe, raised in the house of Pharaoh with the other children of Pharaoh. Now, Hadar, while he's still in Mitzrayim, he hears Kishachar David in Avosov, Bechimes Yoav Tsar Hatsova. He hears that David has died and that Yoav has died. Interestingly, you cannot miss the descriptive difference in the way. David is Shachab David in He rests with his fathers. He is still, as it were, considered uh, alive because of the association. He dies with his successor being his son, as opposed to Yoav, Bechimes Yoav. Yoav just dies. There is no son to follow him. His life was like not as distinguished at all as David. 
Now, Vayomer Hadar el Paro, Paro is told by um, Hadar and Adomi, Shacheni ve'elech alarzi. I see the time is propitious. Send me back with your permission back to my land. Vayomer lo Paro, Kimar tachaseri me. What are you missing here? That you is it so bad here? Be'inchom mevakes l'leches alarzicha. Do you want to go back? Vayomer lo. Please send me. Paro knows exactly what he is up to, and he does not want to send him, knowing this man will just be a thorn in Shlomo's side. He is out for revenge and tries to block him. So that's where it ends, and it's very puzzling. The Navi gives us, as we've seen, immense detail about this man, Adam, his early life, his fleeing, his itinerary, his job, his children, how they were raised, but nothing is mentioned what he does now. But is Edom under, under the control of Shlomo? The area that would be the nation of Edom? No, no, it's independent. It is independent, but they destroyed it. Right, so there's no one, who's there? Just. Um, it's different factions in Edom. We are told not to go into Edom yeah. because of a sort of a recognition that Aesop is our brother. Um, so he goes, and we never know. What did he do? Remember, he goes, Shlomo is just a king. Medrash says he can't do a thing against Shlomo in the time that Shlomo was ruling, because Shlomo was invulnerable. It's only at the end of Shlomo's regime that he is now vulnerable, but it doesn't say what he did. Now, second man, Vayokam Elohim lo Satan, another enemy, is Razon ben Eliodo. This again was a battle that David won, uh, and he flees. He draws together a retinue. They were in a regiment that David kills them in battle. He goes to Damasek, Damascus. He becomes king in Damascus. Now, by he suddenly Israel Shlomo Israel El He now is a permanent thorn in Shlomo's side, and he rules the nation of Aram, which Damascus is part of. Now. Now comes Yerubam ben Nevat, not to be confused with Shlomo's son Rechavam. Yerubam ben Nevat Efrati, who is from Ephraim, Minatzreda, that's his hometown. The Shem Emot Shruya Isha Almana, his mother's name is Shruya, a widow. Eved was Shlomo by Yorem Yad Lamela. He is an Eved to Shlomo and he raises his hand to the king. He is married by Malchus, as we're going to see. Um, so now the question is, he is raised in Shlomo's house. Do not, at this time in history, buy into the picture of the popular picture of Yerubam ben Nevat as a totally evil, malicious, corrupt man. 
The Medrash tells us he is one of the most learned men of the generation. He is a Talmud Chacham. He has tremendous Torah status. But why did he raise his hand to the king? He does it initially, as we're going to see, because of his zeal, because of his tyrant. The mistake is he does it publicly. In his eyes, Shlomo does two unforgivable things. One, he builds up the Milo. We'll discuss that because we had this before. And Shlomo closes up the breaches in the walls of Jerusalem that David made. The Milo was that public square in Yerushalayim that those who were coming for the Regalim could pitch tents, could eat, could gather, could assemble. And what Shlomo did was confiscate the Milo so that it would be some say the actual site of the palace of the daughter of Pharaoh, his wife, or just for her convenience. And you took away a very valuable gathering spot. Two, David breached the walls of Yerushalayim with the idea that B'nai Yisrael would have so many entrances into Yerushalayim, they would even pass through his palace, they could greet David, David could greet them. It was a wonderful tool of national unity. He closed those breaches, specifically the Mepharshim say, so that you would have to pass Paro's daughter's home giving her honor and covet at the time. Moreover, we suspect that at the end of Shlomo's regime, the reason he made like one entrance into Yerushalayim is deliberately to tax the people that were coming in. In other words, an indication the days of wine and roses are over. Now we had to tax people to keep this tremendous juggernaut of expenses going. So he's very mad at him. Um, and what he does, uh, he, in the end, will confront Shlomo deliberately on this in public, which is setting him up for a Mored Bamalchus accusation. He's a brave warrior. Shlomo sees him as a youth. Who, that he's a hardworking, industrious young man. He makes him head of taxation for all the tribes of Yosef, which would be Ephraim, his home tribe, and Menashe. And again, we see from this that Shlomo is now collecting taxes from each individual tribe because money is not as plentiful as it was. Impressed with this young man, impressed with his knowledge, his ability, he makes him in charge of taxes. By Yehiba Esahibi, Yerobam Yotzam Yerushalayim, Yerobam goes out to collect the taxes. By Yimsa Oso Achio Hashiloni Hanavi, he is met, certainly not by accident, by the same Achio Hashiloni who delivered that devastating news to Shlomo. Just a word, Medrash has it, there's an Agarata. Chia is very old, so old 
that an Agadatah places him in the Midbar at the time of Moshe, which would have to be exceedingly old. In any event, he sees in Baderach, and he is wearing, and from the syntax, we can't determine who is wearing a new garment. The two of them are alone in the field. Again, the metaphor here is that they are the giants of Torah in that generation and that they stand above the rest. They tower above the rest of the B'nai Torah. In any case, it also provides them cover for what's about to happen, uh, privacy. He takes this new garment, Asher Olav, which is on it, we don't know who it's on, by Yikrash name Asakrayim, and he tears it into 12 pieces. By Yomer Liyorovam, Kachlecha Asarakrayim, take 10 pieces, Kicho Amar Hashem Elokei Yisrael, Hinenei Korea Es Hamamlecha Miyad Shlomo, I am taking Tearing the Malchus from Shlomo, the Nosati Lecha, Esasara Hashratim. I am giving you the ten tribes. It's interesting, by the way, that Yerubam's protest on Shlomo was against access for the Regalim, something in the end when he is king of the uh, ten tribes, completely destroys the free flow of access to the base Hamikdash during the Regalim with force, with idols, everything. So it is sort of an irony there that this man felt so aggrieved that he confronts Shlomo about denying access to the um, Ole Rebbe. And I am giving him that one tribe. Remember, it's really two tribes. It's Yehuda and Binyamin. For the sake of David and for my city of Yerushalayim, which I have chosen. They have left me. We're talking about Shlomo. He vows to the Ashtoros, the, uh, the deity of the Tzidonim, Lechemosh, to the Gachemosh, uh, Elohei Moab, Ulamalkom, which we said was the worst, which is really the Molech, Elohei B'nei Amon of Amon. He worships every Avodah Zorah available. The Lohochu B'drochai, and they have not followed in my path, Lasos HaYosher Be'enai, B'chukosai, and Mishpatim, Kedavid of it. He did none of the attempts left his father to follow of my mitzvos, my chukim, my Mishpatim. I'm not taking everything. As I have promised David, his mamlachos will be permanent, eternal. He listened to me. For David's sake, I am keeping the mamlachos as I have promised on the Malchus based of it. Belakati Hamlucha Miyad Beno, I'm taking it from his son, Umasatiha Lacha Esaseris Hashratim, and I am giving you the ten tribes. Ulidno Atain Shevet Achad, Laman Heyot Neil Ledavid is a to David is a kept promise. Avdi kol hayamim lepnei Yerushalayim. All the days in Yerushalayim were here. Asher barchartili l'shum shemeshon to put enshrine my name there. 
I take you, and you will rule as you see fit. You will be king of Yisrael. So we see the tremendous potential that Yeruvim had. And if you listen to everything I tell you, you follow my mitzvahs, I will be with you, you will build a loyal dynasty, I give Israel to you, apparently forever. Important phrase. And I will do for you as I did for David. But not forever. What does that mean? That Yeruvam Malchus over the ten tribes is limited? Yes. Say the report. Certainly in Zman HaMashiach, it will all revert one united Malchus under the house of David. A second interesting measure is that it will only be for 36 years. Why 36 years? Because Shlomo marries Basparo in his fourth year. There are 36 years to his total reign of 40. And so after that is atoned for, I will give it back to Malchus David. So the question is, why did that happen? It didn't happen because Shlomo has a great-grandson who is going to sit on the throne named Asa, who's going to see is a terrible man because of his behavior foreseen in advance by the Kaddish Baruch Hu. It's all The deal is all. The 36 years will expire. It will not revert to Beis David, and it will not revert apparently until Moshiach. Now he seeks, Yeruvim has confronted him, accused him publicly, Medrash gives other examples, Yeruvim removed his own tefillin, the Shorosh, in front of Shlomo, which is an absolute sign of disrespect. Also that he refers to him as Shlomo, not Melech Shlomo. So we see Yeruvim, once he got the promise of Malchus becomes a totally arrogant, insufferable individual. Bargak Shlomo seeks to kill him. By Yokam Yerovim, by Yivrach Mitzrayim, he goes to Mitzrayim, El Shishak Melech Mitzrayim. Different king now. It's not the king who's David's father in law. By Yehibim Mitzrayim, Admos Shlomo. He waits there till Shlomo has passed. And as for the knowledge, the wisdom, the legacy of Shlomo, are they not written in the works of Shlomo? The answer is, if they are, we don't have all of them. We do have, of course, Mishlei Proverbs, Koheles, Ecclesiastes, and Shir Hashirim that are his legacy. It's 40 years. He rests with his fathers. And now Rechavam ascends to the throne of his father Shlomo, succeeding him. And now the stage is set 
or will be simply battle between Yeruvim and Rechavim, the dual monarchies, the enmity, and the complete destruction of the Achtos of B'nai Yisrael, 8.45 a.m. tomorrow. Adkan.